Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Property Management Show with your hosts, Marie and Brittany. The Property Management Show is brought to you by Four and Half, a marketing agency for, well, property managers just like you. Stop wasting time and money on blind trial and error. Let us, Four and Half, go ahead and create a plan to attract, nurture, and win those owner leads. Yep. Today's episode, we're gonna be speaking with the lovely Dave Gorham from Realty Solutions in New Jersey. He's gonna be talking about standardizing a property management business and why your idea of how to standardize may not actually work. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Property Management Show. Thank you for joining us. Awesome. So excited to be finally asked and be here with you guys. We're so excited that you're joining us because uh, obviously I love you and now Marie has been introduced, has been introduced to, to the love. Right. We've had a long history. Yeah. I like um, it. I know. It's always, it's always good to bring like friendly faces on the show Um because then I'm less awkward, or maybe I'm more awkward, who knows. Uh, but let's get into what we're talking with you about today. So this is going to be actually part of a, a two-part podcast um, that we're going to be doing, talking about first, standardized systems, and kind of your take on that for the property management industry. Before we get into that, for people that don't know you, um, or new listeners, can you tell us, we, we always do this, tell us a little bit about yourself and why we should care about what you you think or your opinion. Yeah. Well, you should care because I pay you guys to be my content That's... manager, right? So. <laughs> we like money. <laughs> Everybody likes money. So my name is Dave Gorham. Um, I'm the broker of record and owner for Realty Solutions. Um, we're a New Jersey-based property management company. Um, we're actually more of a real estate ma management company. So we look at our um, the scope of our work as a life cycle of um, an investor or an investor's property, like from, from birth to death, basically. And sometimes it is death, right? So we built our company around that. So it, not only is it a uh, property management company, um, we have a brokerage. We also have a community management company. We have a law firm. Um, all of those things work very well to be either interchanged or uh, a client to use all facets of it. So we're not a one-stop shop kind of system we're really more about what's the best exit plan for the client and then how do we fit so we do that in New Jersey um, we're a regional company state company um, and we've been doing it for over 20 years it's always nice to hear yeah um, okay well most of them successful <laughs> hey, that's all that matters. Successes. <laughs> so um, how about we start with the basics? So um, to our listeners, how would you define a standardized system? And can you provide like just examples yeah, of what that means for a property management company? Yeah. So um, one of the things that uh, I was talking to you, Brittany, about uh, at us as a client was having a calendar, right? Having an event history, um, having something to, to be trackable, right? So I look at it as um, any standardized system, it could be a piece of paper, right, with a pen. It's giving yourself a trackable history so that you can measure results. That's it, as simple as that for me. Um, and the idea of like the Uber end of being, having a, 
standardized system would be, you know, property management software, accounting software. Um, I bring uh, a level of leadership to the company that we've got standardized systems. So just about everything we do, not, not in an Uber way where people are very rigid, but just to give them enough guidance that they, when they bump into a rail or they're crossing over into another department, that they have the, the warning signs that, oh, that's moving to a different department or a different area that I need to loop someone else in. So it kind of gives it in, it's kind of weird, right? So in a, in, in a sense where it's, it's rigid, it's a system, it gives the user the freedom to do their job better, right? It frees us up in a lot of um, psychic energy on what we should be doing because we know what that standard system is. How's that for an answer? That, I mean, that's great because that means you're just saying anything from, it could be like internal communication system to yeah. um, what happens when somebody signs up for your services. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe what happens when somebody wants to sell a property. I mean, it's all these things. Yeah. Um, how, so you said you don't want it to get too rigid and I feel like that's something that a lot of people um, fear, right? Yeah. That when you have a standardized system, everything's going to be rigid. You're not going to yeah. be nimble enough. To right. Yeah. Or, or like you said, um, it, it's not necessarily, it's like, it's like the fear, but it's also um, how, how deep do you go? Right. <laughs> like, like when do you, when do you decide that it, it's up for, not up for debate, but um, up, to, up to people's standard, standardized yeah. system yeah, yeah. versus case by case scenario. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, so you're kind of stepping into a little bit of the, the challenges I have in training people to embrace the system, right? Whatever the system is, let's just say it's Outlook, right? So we were talking earlier about what, you know, how long have you been using a system? Well, I've been using a system since I was in college. It may have been a piece of paper telling me what to do that week. But in this realm of business, we started out with Outlook. So uh, I think what you're saying, Brittany, is um, some of it is uh, a fear of not being able to be nimble enough in your job. Um, but that fear is easily, easily dissipates once you start using the system. Because what ends up happening is you don't have to rely on figuring out what you're going to do next. You know exactly what you're going to do next or what the next step is. What you're now freed up in doing is using your creativity and your critical thinking to do a better job. Yeah. Right? So it's either to do a better job with working with you guys on this uh, podcast or, or my, one of my property managers doing a better job with her vendor that she's struggling with. Right? So she can actually have a critical thought and be creative with that vendor because she knows that she's tracked everything else. Right. Right. You're not spending time f figuring out a problem that there, yeah, that doesn't exist. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Right. No, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Um, what, do you have any examples of um, times where people think they're using standardized systems, but they aren't? Yeah, I think a, maybe a better way to ask is like, um, I guess the answer really is every we're all using some sort of system. 
it's what are the triggers that show you it's not working for you anymore that you have to actually make a uh, a different one or enhance the current system so we've done that um and and i think you guys too you guys are we're going to do a lot of shameless plugs right so you guys are using a rent scale right yep Yep. Right. So just from that standpoint, what was your experience with that? It was, they brought in their coaches, right? These guys that come in and say, all right, let's break down your business so that you could talk about it better. Right. right? That's so a they perfect you, example. Like yeah. sales processes within any company. Yeah. We just talked about that the other day. That's so funny. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, you have a process, you do the motions, but. Is it repeatable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's not. Uh, well, I shouldn't say it's not repeatable. Uh, it's not um, scalable to another person or another team member in the business, right? So when I ran the business, so my partner is, um, my business partner is an attorney, so he runs the law division. It, without him being a leader and me being a leader, we couldn't expand those two divisions to be able to talk to each other. So I've got to have, like I could run this business all by myself but I couldn't scale it, yeah. right? So when I hire someone else, the, the scalability comes from what can be repeatable. Yeah. Right. And if you don't have, have those systems, it creates a bigger barrier to scaling that yeah. you just have to consume a lot more of your time to get to that point. Yeah. Um, so that kind of brings us to one of our questions we had too. When do you start this? And like you said a couple minutes ago, you can always have a system. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's working. Yeah. So right. when do you start uh, the process to make it easily transferable to somebody else? Yeah. So uh, great question. So you start at the beginning. Whenever, whenever you start, you have to start. Right. You have to start using it. So I just had um, I just had a great lunch with some um, some colleagues, some competitors, and the client all at the same table. Um, so give you two stories, right? So one story uh, about a system is uh, a gentleman who's starting, uh, starting, restarting his brokerage, very small, right? Uh, with a lot of freedom right now. So for him, he needed to buy software to help him move his business forward in what he didn't have yesterday, right? So his business might be five years old. Today he's starting fresh. It's really starting the business right now. So he's buying software for to run the brokerage, right? Those, those aspects. So that's going to be a system that he can track in moving forward. And he's small. He's got a small team. So he'll be able to scale that. Um, the conversation around the table uh, was about uh, a, a mutual client that we all had um, that we now, uh, Realty Solutions now, has, um, has taken on. Uh, he's, he, we've helped that client, um, uh, get out of hot water basically with his business. Right. So I remember talking to this client five years ago when he had 20 properties, self-managed, you have to have a system to continue, continue to do this. Right. So not only am I networking and helping, I'm also, you know, upselling to him and he knows it, right. It's like, use us when you get to X at the conversation was 50, right? So for him, he moved to 50 and the conversation was, hasn't the business changed? Yes, it's changed dramatically. All right, now's the time to get serious. You need a system. You need software, you need 
something to drive it forward, you need to hire a full service property management company, right? Then we talk again another year or two and he's at 90, right? Um, you know, for him, shit's hitting a fan. Wow. He's managing. He's managing 90, right? So he gets to that position where now he has his own property management company right. under himself. He's self-managing. The conversation's still around struggling around systems and controlling it all because it's the, the idea that with him was at 20, he had the same struggles that he has now at 90, but now it's compounded by the sheer quantity of it all. Yeah. It's more stressful. Yeah. 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 Two years later, he's coming to us uh, in a panic with 150 units. And at that point, it, the, the, the units, uh, the portfolio is in jeopardy, right? Because at, at some point it's being mismanaged, not out of malice, not out of um, not understanding the business, just again, out of not having a standard system and not having a grasp of the whole thing. So for him, his, his saving grace was hiring a professional property management company, right. which he hired us, of course, we're the best. Um, right, because he owns all of these properties, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So he's, still, so he's still making money. Yeah. Minus yeah, exactly. a lot of money, hopefully, mm -hmm. if he owns 150 properties. Let's, yes. hope, let's hope he's making money. <laughs> So all of those moving parts could not be tracked, nor could it be measured because I couldn't tell you sitting in front of him whether or not he was profitable or not. Yeah. There's nothing to, there's nothing to measure. I couldn't tell you the history of a tenant because there was no trackable system to it. So we had to, like a, like a normal business, we had to start from scratch for him and integrate his idea of his business into ours, which was just very heavily systemized. And he, just like my team, um, as they grow, they struggle with the systems that they have to learn as they, um, right. as they go up the ladder, right? This client had to learn, hey, this is how we got to do it. In order to save you and the portfolio, it has to be systematized. Yeah. You know, so, so that was a really um, great learning experience for me, client relations, right. but also for my business. Yeah. How, so... Uh, how was the resistance in that situation? Heavy. Yeah. Well, right, because uh, he knows. He's done it, right? We're, we're talking about six years. He's grown it, right? So Why do I have to do it this way when I've right. been doing it this way? It's human yeah. nature. It is human nature, and I also think there's ego in it. So Yes, absolutely. You know, I'm an egomaniac, so my way is the right way. So from that standpoint, what what the only thing I could rely on as his advisor was a record, right? Evidence. So the, I could only give him evidence by giving him trackable history and yeah. measurable results that we had with other clients. Right. So, so that's a really interesting story to kind of like answer maybe all the questions that we're talking about is when's the right time to start it? Well, today is, does it work? Yes, it works. How do you know? Because it has evidence of itself that it works. How do you know when it's not working is when it feels wrong and you have to upscale your next system, right? Or, or put in a new component. Yeah. So or you those, have to dig for the answers. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Like lack of evidence almost. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But as with any change, right? So it's, um, it's also affected by time. So you can't just make yeah. a change, wait for a couple of days and say, oh, that didn't work. Let me go back to my old system. So what would you say is a reasonable amount of time to vet if something is truly working or not? Yeah. Um, yes. 
<laughs> so, um, I think, uh, okay. So how I would answer that question, it depends, uh-huh. right? So, um, it's just like a, a, a shitty bottle of wine, open it up and you let it aerate and it's going to taste different. Hopefully it doesn't taste like crap, but it's, it's going to change its taste. So you have to let it breathe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the idea of a system is you really have to let the system breathe a little bit. And, um, and we've heard this before. So trust in the system, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if, if I can get my team members to str- trust in the system, they can see it work. The more that they fight it and resist, there's frustration and toleration that exists. They're not allowing the system to actually work. They're frustrating against it. Yeah. So if they embrace it quicker, it will be a short time. If they struggle against it, it will be a long time. Mm-hmm. That makes, yeah, if they always struggle against it, it's never, <laughs> it's never going to end. End. Yeah. No. That's a really, that's, that's, that's a really good point. So if you can get your team to adapt to it, there's probably at some point this like aha moment yeah. where there's this positive gratification and then yeah. they kind of get bought into the process. But in order to get there, yeah. you have to probably break a lot of bad habits. But And how yeah. do you do that? Well, um, the answer to that is the second piece, the second part of our series, yeah. right? You have, you have somebody that you can rely on, either, either a subordinate or a superior or a team member that you can bounce information off of, right? So it's neither good nor bad. It's just... The answer to the question is either good nor bad, right? The, the answer to the question is just feedback. How you accept it is, is how, you, how you accept it basically determines whether it's negative or positive for you. So if you can just recognize that the system doesn't care, the system's neither good nor bad, um, that team member can kind of embrace it. And the, the idea of talking more, that's we're big here on, on communication and, and being open and um, being able to, talk about things. So we just put a side note. So we just put a new rule in effect. So we've got, I have agreements with everybody, or I should say the company as an entity has agreements together. So we did this at the beginning of this year. So we wrote nine agreements. Um, well, uh, let's be fair. I wrote the nine agreements (laughs) and then I asked everybody if they would adopt them, but we went through them one by one. Something as simple as no cell phones and computers in update meetings, right? So that that's an idea that we could get around and talk about. Why is why is a meeting with cell phones and computers that should be an update meeting so frustrating for everyone in the room? No one wants to admit it, right? But also no one wants to not bring their phone. So those kinds of conversations can be had at um, leadership level all the way down to secretarial mm-hmm. level. Right. And they're all in agreement. So what we've done in just um, utilizing that as a concept in the company, it's changed the culture so that the secretarial staff has the same weight as the uh, leadership staff, as mm-hmm. the founders. Right. They could actually make those changes. So to answer your question, you know, full circles comes back is that it's by talking. Yeah. Right. If your system's not working for you, let's talk about it because it might be working for somebody sitting right next to you. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of times when there's a problem in an organization, right, the first instinct is, oh, I need to 
bring something in like a consultant. Yeah. I yeah. need to, you know, I need to have a sit down with this person and tell them, you know, to either get out mm -hmm. or join the team. But like, yeah. I, I love how you're not just talking to them. Um, you're saying that you have these agreements that like literally yeah. you talk to them about like, this is what we're going to do from Their now conversations on. conversations. Yeah. Like, it's not. and this is why, and you know, this is the impact to the business when we do it, when we do a versus B yeah. and do we all agree that we're going to do it from now on? And not only does that communicate that you're not just making it up just cause you know, you just like to exercise your power, but there is a <laughs> right. business reason. Which is on the I'm I mean, let's right. be honest, we all do. Um, but I love that it also fosters some kind of accountability because you agree during the meeting, why are you bringing your phone now, right? It, it, it fosters the accountability not from me to you, but from you to you. Yeah. So you're accountable for yourself because you know you're, in this case, you know you're bringing the phone in. So that, that might be an offshoot of the same answer, bringing it back to standardized systems, one of our agreements was nothing can be changed inside what's already developed, whether it's a system or a client or a vendor or a tenant, nothing can be changed in what we do unless there are three people in a room and it needs to be the, the two people who are discussing it and someone from leadership. Yeah. And at that, at that point it can be adopted and then it needs to be brought out to the group, not for debate, but because it was right. adopted. Right. That's a really smart idea because you don't want you don't want everybody involved, but you also don't want the opposite where it's one person making decisions without any type of influence from other parties that might be involved or other people that just have good ideas. Sure. Um, yeah. You you two are sitting in the bookkeeping department and you're next to each other and you see the problem. You talk, you fix the problem, but now no one else knows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now I create by bringing you something, I create my own problem because I don't know that you fixed something. Yeah. Right. So, so it's this, it's, it's the business, the standardized systems or whatever we want to call it provides the company, the entity, right. To be of integrity and not, not, not integrity in good or bad, but integrity in it's integral. It's completely closed. It's whole. Yeah. Right. If, if you take a component out of there, then you're out of integrity, right? So mm -hmm. what we try to do is kind of put it all together. Yeah. No, it makes sense because I feel like we've all been in situations. No, I mean, no matter if you're a property management company or a marketing company or, or an accounting company, whatever, yeah. no matter what it is, I'm sure that there have been conversations with team members where somebody said, oh, I, I didn't know or nobody told me or things like that. And this is one of the ways that you can avoid that as much as possible. I'm sure there will still be situations where something goes over somebody's head that happens too, but yeah. minimizes that from happening. You can't take the human out of us, right? So we're all being human. Yeah. Um, it, we, we need to take that human and stop when we're interacting with other people and kind of have it be, it occurs to me that, you know, We've always done it that way. Why do we always do it that way, right? Then that conversation gets better. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so with, with the optimized processes and the communication, what are some of the biggest impacts you see happening on businesses? Like, for example, I mean, you may not have any information to share yet, but from your 
client that you were talking about, it mm -hmm. might not have been long enough, but is there any successes you can share? Oh, sure. Yeah. So uh, a bunch come to mind. So he's, he's one, right? Because it's been a year in a uh, year and three months, right? Uh, probably a lot longer than he wanted or imagined, but he's solid, right? He knows what he has. Um, not only can we, now. It, it was working before, but badly, yeah. right? But yeah, so now we can track some stuff back. So now his lien holders, the banks, who would have foreclosed on otherwise, are happy, mm -hmm. right? So he might not be bringing in the money he wanted necessarily into his pocket, but his business is stable. Mm -hmm. So that next year he can start bringing more money into his pocket. Right. So that, that's a, that's a big one. And I, like I said, I was at a table with his lien holders, uh, a, a competitor who's also working on the business. Um, and my, my partner who's a, a lawyer. So we were talking about all these kinds of things, right. Um, kind of a coalition, right which is a round table of sorts. Yeah. Right. So it, it's amazing to actually just have that and recognize that we've come as a company, we've come so far to be able to uh, even be honored enough to be at that table. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not a, it wasn't a networking event. It wasn't a sales thing, but guess what? I'm going to get new business out of it easily. Right. So, so um, that's, that's one thing again happened today. Um, the other thing is the, at the end of last year. So when you scale, and I've talked to Alex and Jordan about this for the last five years in and out, like, and I didn't recognize it till where I am now. So we're at say 600 doors, um, plus, uh, a number of, uh, um, law clients plus a number of sales transactions that happens plus 20 um, community management contracts, which totals up maybe 3,000 doors, right? Um, I could not have recognized what me and Alex and Jordan were talking about, say, five, six years ago about scalability, mm -hmm. right? Your business changes from 150 units to 300 units. It changes again at 500. It changes again at 1,000. Um, so some experience I recently had with national company showed me a little bit more of that scalability or sometimes lack of scalability, right? You think it scales and then it breaks, right? But, you know, to that, to that national company's credit, you think it scales, it breaks, but it's because you have a system that you can react to it quick enough, right? And actually fix what broke. So I'm experiencing a lot of that now. So we bought, uh, we bought a, a huge um, uh, batch of contracts at the end of, uh, 2019, we bought a, um, community management, property management company at the end of 2019, integrating those, that staff, those clients and their process could not have gone well if we didn't have a system to rely on, rely on. Right. The, the hardest thing was what you said before was about it's fear yeah. and the new, and the new people come to the table who already had, had their system. And so, so, um, do you have a standardized way to talk to those people to open up their minds? Because there's fear, but there's also, as you said, ego, right? And so yeah. you can't fight ego with ego. It just ends up blowing up in its face. Um, <laughs> and so how do you approach that? Um, with who? Give me an example of who. So as who you, you mentioned, like um, if you're 
when you're saying you're buying contracts, you're just buying the contracts or you're also inheriting some staff? Uh, when we bought a company, we inherited staff. When we bought the contracts, we inherited clients. So when you inherited staff, understandably, yeah. you know, they've been working there for a decade or two and they're kind mm -hmm. of set in their ways and there's this fear of like, oh, are they just going to look for the first reason to let me go? Yeah. Um, and then they have and to they learn. have a lot of experience already. They have a lot of experience and yeah. they feel like they're like, quote unquote, useless because they don't know all your new systems. Like, how do you like show them in a kind way that, hey, you know, like we're not attacking you. It's not you. Have against you talked us. to them? Have you but talked to them? <laughs> have you talked to them? Because that's exactly what happened. You don't know the secret email yeah, thread. Right? Between <laughs> They're going around me and talking to you guys. Yeah. Um, that, so there's, there's two things, right? Um, it's actually one thing. It's transparency. So there's a level of confidentiality and you want to do contracts and there's, there's one side of the table and two sides of the table. You know, you, you hope, you don't hope, you have an intention of a win-win situation. So we were lucky enough in that situation to be open enough that the other side saw how transparent we were and they were also. So the contract itself became very open so that their employees and our employees could see the, the language, the culture of the language in it. Maybe not the numbers, right? But the culture mm -hmm. of the language. So we were very transparent about it and so were they. When their staff came on board, there was a lot of tension, um, especially with one employee, not, not negative tension, just anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. So we could show her in this case that we had already been doing successfully what she was doing at a, at a grander scale. So she could trust us that if we were going to change something that we had evidence that it would work. But we also gave her the opportunity to bring over her stuff the way it was mm -hmm. and integrate how she did it with how, how we did it so that she could see both pros and cons, right? All the while, I know that I'm not going to use her way. I'm gonna do it my way, but I made it her choice, mm. right? And her team around her. So I really wasn't even involved. After she yeah. came on board, I wasn't involved. I let that go because it was transparent that, that we we're gonna to move towards that. And I let her new team around her show her the benefits of the way we did it. Yeah. And, and guess what? There were some things that, that we kept the way she wanted to do it. Interesting. Is it, is it almost like giving your team or an individual a little bit of freedom to make some mistakes in the beginning so that they're able to learn why they should be doing it your way? I don't know if that's the right way to ask no, it. That's um, so uh, one of my, I'm not proud to say one of my favorite sayings is I told you so. <laughs> so I Everyone grew up with hates it. hearing it. Yes. I grew up with it. I mean, I usually say it in my head, but no, I, I say it out loud. <laughs> I keep saying it out loud. Yeah. So I will give I have you, a look. Yeah. I don't, I don't say look. it. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, right. That's good. That look right there. That's it. <laughs> so I don't mind saying it. Um, I'll give, and it's, you know, with love and caring, but it is a little bit tongue in cheek because it's like, I told you so, right? I'll give you enough leash in this, in this instance, right? I'll give you enough latitude to try it your way. No, this is the way that we want it done. The ramification, there's consequences to both sides, right? So their consequences are pretty, um, 
uh, I don't want to say dramatic, but we've got a high level of, in this business, you guys do too, because you're representing me, right? So you got a high level of responsibility in this relationship. So they've got a resident, they've got a, uh, a client, they've got an affiliate partner and a vendor that they have to deal with. If they see a different way to do it, go ahead and try it. But recognize that this is a business. We have to be profitable, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, they will come back and fall into that system the way that we want it. And it doesn't happen that often because we, we, um, we like to educate. So we like to sometimes ad nauseum. We like to talk a lot. We like to philosophize about the business. Um, so we'll give everybody an opportunity. So I like to call this, our business, um, a democratic dictatorship, <laughs> right? So what, what Dave and Rob say at the end goes, but you guys can talk about it and make policy and, and changes and figure it out. If it makes sense for residents, clients, and our vendors, we'll adopt it. And that's where you have the three people in the room again. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Democratic dictatorship. Is that what we are? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but who's right? Me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that, though. Um, and I, that did answer my question. Because uh, there is, I feel like a lot of times, and I mean, I feel like we keep going back to the fear and it. The, the last kind of piece of our conversation has turned more into the people than the system, but I feel like that it always plays, goes back to the people. It the always goes back what, to the people. Well, cause we're assets, you're assets. Yeah. I'm, I'm an asset, right? So I might be at the top, but I'm still an asset. So mm -hmm. what you guys do and think matter, right? So anybody at the top of your company, if they don't listen to you, they're losing um, valuable uh, energy in you guys being an asset. Yeah, and that's so interesting because um, apart from that fear of not being nimble, that fear um, mm -hmm. that it's rigid, just the Go concept on. of standardization makes like gives people this idea that oh, everything is gonna like your voice doesn't matter anymore because we're right. doing it this way. Like we have the law of the land, just and that's how we're doing it. Just because I said so, you know. Right. What, what's right. interesting is. Um, people I feel like reject standardization because that's just the connotation. Um, whereas in the realm of, of business, that's not how you do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think some people reject standardization too, because it's, it's more gratifying to be creative and do different things sometimes. And, and it's fun to do that for a while. But then I think after people do that, you get to that aha moment or I told you so moment where mm -hmm. people are like, man, this was cool for a while, but it sure is taking me a lot longer and my work is building up yeah. and I didn't get to X because I was spending too much time on Y. So I think that that's why I really like the kind of leash we were talking about giving them like that little bit of opportunity mm -hmm. to, to well, do some, some, some autonomy. It's, it's really autonomy, right? Yeah. So that's, yep. that's what we're talking about. Right. So, um, it's not fun to lose business consistently over and over and over, no matter yeah. how creative you are, right? So we're in this business to make some money, right? We're in this business to serve, and by serving, we get money. So that's great. So I want to do that more. Um, so the failing, we should be failing forward, right? To use a you know trend, a trendy, clever term, but we should be failing forward to, to 
correct those mistakes. The, um, so I, I'm also a professional development coach, right? Um, the, the idea of transparency in this conversation um, is bringing, there's two things, it's trust and faith, right? You have to have faith, to have faith, it's pretty much blind, right? There's no evidence of it. It's, it's a feeling that I'm just gonna go with it and I know it's gonna work out. Trust is different, trust needs evidence. So I can provide two things to my team. Faith, if I'm a good leader, right? And, and I can um, get them around what I want to do as a leadership thing uh, and go over the hill, right? Because they can't see what's over the hill. The, the other piece of that, it's kind of like a yin-yang thing, is trust. So my system, they can trust because they can look back and say, oh, this is where it succeeded. This is where it failed. This is how it's changed. So there's that evidence. So now not, o- not only can I garner faith in somebody new, I can garner trust almost immediately and I could do that with clients right so again you know we start out uh, uh, the podcast with standardized systems we're going to talk about spreadsheets and we're going to talk about buildium over at folio we're going to talk about outlook and a calendar and all that stuff that is all that right but it's what how you how you incorporate it into your culture yeah very well said um what let let's let's transition away from the people for a second and back to um just the the things that you standardize what have you found that you should not standardize is there something um, maybe a whole process or a piece within a process that you tell your team uh i guess it's kind of hard because there's still standardization yeah. In non standardization. <laughs> you answered it before and I think we were talking about it. It's it's the standardization gives you the rails or yeah. the boundary and knowing that if you go outside of that, then it gets risk. So it really it's about risk, right? So if you stay within those boundaries, it you're lowering the risk based off of history. If you go outside those boundaries, you're increasing the risk. So it's yeah. not about being risk averse, right? right? It's about welcoming that risk and not being risky all the time. Mm-hmm. So the, the answer is I have not found anything that we can't standardize. Now we're talking about it a lot here. And I think, you know, listeners might be thinking that I've got, you know, spreadsheets and right. uh, computer programs and apps everywhere. I don't, I'm pretty fluid. I'm pretty spontaneous, but the only reason why I can be comfortable in being fluid and spontaneous is that I have a critical thought and my critical thinking towards the business I can spend more time there because I know the staff and the business runs on some standard policies and procedures, yeah. right? Or software, right? Or an understanding of you spend money on the credit card out here. It has to go here in order to get paid back in order to be tracked correctly. So it's an education process. So I don't yeah. think there's anything that can't be standardized. Right. Um, I think, I think it, depending on who does it, I think it could be not a lot of fun, right? So, yeah. I like to have a lot of fun and I don't think we can have um, fun until we know what the business is. Yeah. You can't have fun while you're figuring it out. If you get a new issue that you have to figure out the process for that. Sometimes that can be fun, but sometimes it can be really frustrating. I'm better at being an entrepreneur um, personally, that that phase of being an entrepreneur because I get jazzed up about changing the business 
and elevating it, right? So I'm in a process now of, I look at myself as an entrepreneur when we're, we're launching a business mm -hmm. because I've doubled three different departments. So it is a totally different business. Yeah. So that's really exciting to me. So where you and I are going to be working together over the next 12 months for content management and building that business, I'm going to need to take a break in 12 months and then it's going to get boring and we'll, we'll probably grow a hell of a lot. We'll do it again three years right. from now. Right. So it kind of gives you time to go back to that. The question before is how do you know when the right time is? You, you, you got to let it breathe. I feel like we've kind of. We beat a dead horse. That what? We beat a dead horse. I, we beat the standardization <laughs> to the, to the brim. I don't even know if that's a saying. Um, well, cause we also, like you said a couple minutes ago, we are, we have this part two where we're going to talk about how, how do you do this? Uh, and what do you look for? So I guess, um, as we convince people that, um, standardization is not what they think it is. Yeah. It's not this rigid box. And I love the imagery that you use. They're railings. Right? Yeah. yeah. They're not boxes. And you're allowed to jump over the railing sometimes, but yeah. if you spend 24 seven outside the railings, you should start asking yourself why <laughs> <laughs> right. the railings are there for a reason. Yeah. Right. Um, right. And, and yeah, so to our listeners, um, thank you for, you know, joining us for today's podcast. Yep. Watch out for the next one with Dave. Um, he's going to be giving us ideas on like best practices mm -hmm. on actually how to standardize your business. Yep. You will not want to miss it. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, guys. It was awesome. Thank you. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Marie and Brittany again. If you like the podcast topics that we cover and you're interested in learning how to grow your business, make sure you go to PM Grow Summit 2020 this May. Yep. Not only will you learn from some amazing speakers and other industry leaders of the PM world, you'll also get to meet Marie and I in person. So if you're hungry for growth or just want to take selfies with us, make sure you get your tickets at pmgrowsummit.com. We hope to see you there.